I grew up in Malaysia. The work ethic was drilled into me. I went to Zhonghua, you know, independent Chinese school in Malaysia in KL. So I think the work ethic was drilled into me. So it's not really a challenge, but it's more, it, it takes effort and it takes uh, a lot of care to make those videos. You're listening to Foodie Canteen. I'm your host, Castle Lim. And in this podcast, I'm sitting down with Southeast Asia's leaders, entrepreneurs, and content creators in the FMB space. In this podcast, you will learn about their trade secrets, or you'll just find them as your next door neighbor. This episode is brought to you by GrabMart. Our listeners can now get up to 30% off on promotional items and an additional 20% off when you use promo code HOTDEALS when ordering from the Klang Valley or HOTDEALS GM when ordering from outside of Klang Valley on GrabMart. Jom, order online, TNCs apply. Today on the show, we have a very special guest. His jokes and persona have placed Malaysia on the map. Stick around to find out more. Hi, Nigel. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. We are so happy that you are here. But I can't wait to dive into your thought process behind the creation of Uncle Roger. But first, tell us what were you doing before all of this fame? Uh, I was a stand-up comedian. Uh, I, I went full-time six months before the pandemic hit. Uh, but before that, before I went full-time stand-up comedy, I was doing stand-up comedy part-time, maybe like uh, four or five nights a week. And then working part-time as a data scientist at a, at a, a company here in London. So you've been in the comedy scene for about nine years now. What made you want to do comedy in the first place? Uh, it's about 10 years now. I started in 2011. And I... I, I was in university in the US. I joined this sketch group to start and uh, I realized, oh, this is, this is kind of fun. You know, doing comedy is kind of fun. And then when the sketch group, that season ended, I just decided to do my own thing and do stand-up by myself. Uh, and it's just been very rewarding and, and, and it's a fun little hobby to start. And then gradually it just became more and more serious. I mean, from data scientist to a full-time stand-up comedian, that all happened six months before the pandemic. How did you know you wanted to go full on? Did you had a tough time deciding? Did you consult your family or friends? Uh, no. I mean, if you consult a family, they'll tell you to not do it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so I just realized I'm, I'm young enough to be able to mess it up and then it'll still be okay. You know, I don't have any dependents. I don't have a, a house or a child or whatever. So if I mess it up, it's still all, all just me, right? So, and then I realized I, I need to give this a shot because I, I think it was a calculated risk. I was already quite decent at stand-up, making okay money, not a lot, but enough to survive on and dip into savings every now and then. So I was like, okay, let's give this a shot, a proper shot for a year or two and see where this takes me. Yeah, so did you give yourself like a time limit? Like if you don't get to this place by what age, you'll go back to your data scientist job? Probably by... Mid thirties, maybe three years, you know, 33, 34. Then it's like, okay, it's time to, I gave this, gave this a shot. It didn't work. Time to go back to my old job. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the development of Uncle Roger. Um, it was a personal challenge that you wanted to come up with the character for your social media. Then you thought about what you saw in the Malaysia coffee shops, um, this middle-aged man. Um, then came the BBC fried rice video. I mean, talk about the right timing. Can you walk us through that? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was, I guess the timing was amazing. I, 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 yes, I did want to do a character for my social media. So I was just thinking like, what kind of character can I do? Uh, and then 
through the podcast, I kind of riffed and came up with this Uncle Roger type character, this middle-aged Asian slash Malaysian uncle who just complains about everything and thinks he's better than other people, a know-it-all type of uncle, you know, but ultimately still kind on the inside. So I, I did a few little short TikToks with that character. It went viral. And then I realized, oh, people, people like this. And then a fan of the podcast sent me that BBC food egg fried rice video. And I was like, this is hilarious. I would have commented on it as myself. Uh, but I had the Uncle Roger character knocking about. So I was like, yeah, let's try to do Uncle Roger reacting to this video. Doing a reaction video wasn't new to me. So I had all the skills. I know how to edit. I know how to set up the cameras. And it all just came together and yeah, created this wonderful thing. Yeah, so you you didn't see this coming, right? Going viral and whatnot. I no, mean, right now it has, all, it has about twenty three no. million views on YouTube or something. Yeah, it's around twenty three now. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So after it went viral, did you immediately know what you wanted to do next? Like, oh, let's churn out more content so I keep the attention span of these people who's already watching me and watching Uncle Roger. Yeah, I think that was the main instinct. I need, needed to keep pumping out the content as Uncle Roger. People like it, give them what they like, right? As a content creator. And I really enjoyed doing it. Uh, so I, I just kept making the videos. Uh, and I still am making the videos. And it's been almost a year now. Maybe I, it, I went viral in July of last year. And we're recording this in June. So it's almost been a year. And people are still watching the videos. So I'm very grateful, you know, and, and yeah, that's, that's the goal for now to keep making those videos, uh, um, among my other projects too. Yeah. Um, I mean, right now you are basically producing a um, weekly 12 to 15 minutes short on YouTube. Um, what's the process yeah. like? Is it still challenging for you? Every video is slightly different, I guess. Uh, even if it's a reaction video, I try to do like small new things in there. Uh, it's not a challenge. I just have to put in the work. You know, it's not, not really a challenge, challenge, but the keeping up the work ethic, keeping a consistent schedule, working hard. And, you know, sometimes I have to work on Saturdays even. So, but, you know, I, I grow, we, we, I don't know, I, I grew up in Malaysia. The work ethic was drilled into me. I went to Zhonghua, you know, independent Chinese school in Malaysia in KL. So I think the work ethic was drilled into me. So it's not really a challenge, but it's more, it, it takes effort and it takes uh, a lot of care to make those videos. So do you think stand-up has uh, really helped you in making these contents now? It's not a live audience anymore, but it's, everything is moved online in this pandemic. Stand-up definitely helps. You get to feel, you develop an instinct for what jokes are funny and you learn how to write, you learn how to perform. So all those skills really help. But you know, instead of doing it in front of an audience, you're doing it in front of a camera. So that's the only difference. But I think everything in stand-up really helped me. I see. So how do you think growing up in Malaysia and the times you have spent in the US and the UK has helped you in creating this content or perhaps even helping you to become a better content creator? Uh, it's just different life experience, right? So growing up in Malaysia, uh, I, I think I spent most of my life there, 20 years of my life. So you pick up a lot, a lot of like, you, you, you grew up there, you, you're normal, you know, and then you come to the West and everything's different. So a lot of my humor comes from that, the contrast, the differences between Asia and the Western world. And some things people do better in the West, some things people do better in Malaysia, you know, and food is definitely one of those things. We're all very proud of our food, um, very patriotic about our food, right? That's what everybody misses when they leave Malaysia to go abroad. And in the West, food isn't as... Um, people don't take as much care and they don't value food as much. So coming from Malaysia to here, I think food will be a big point, sticking point you'll notice, especially in the UK where food is just like, it's not, it's not great. It's very sad. It's very grim. 
you know, they buy cold sandwiches from pharmacies, uh, even though they're like bankers and they make a lot of money and they still buy like cold sandwiches and it's very depressing. So that's something you notice. And then a, a lot of my comedy stems from that. I think comedy comes from your life experience, right? So the, the more life experience you have, the better. And then uh, what you have to figure out is how to translate your worldview to other people because not everybody's been uh, being able to live in you know different countries when they grew up, so uh, I, I I like it. I like it. It helps me reach know how to reach the West West people in the West and people in the East as well. Yeah, actually, I just watched your video yesterday about you commenting on case cooking, and I <laughs> I see how you did with like before you reveal the video, you're like, hey, uh, this is just a comedy video. Like, don't go and um do provide hate comments or something along those lines, and you were like clarifying before you go into the video? Yeah, yeah. I think that's the responsible thing to do, right? And I, I think these videos, are, they're supposed to be comedy videos. And sure, Uncle Roger's personality, he likes roasting people and insulting people. But I do it, you know, there are some jokes. I write jokes for it. It's not just me attacking them. And there's right. some substance in the sense that I actually know how to make the dish and the food commentary is pretty spot on, I like to think. So that's why I always try to say, you know, don't, don't go attack people, even though they, they mess up the food. It's just it's supposed to be fun. Just watch it, laugh, move on. So how, right? do, you think, yeah, how do you think your content has evolved from, from last year? It's been a year now, like you said. Um, has it changed? And how do you cater to different audiences? You have fans in Malaysia, you have fans in the UK and all over the world. Has it changed? Uh, I don't know. Has it? I, I think maybe like the editing's gotten better. My uh my delivery has gotten better, but nothing beats the first, the very very first uh fried rice video because of its, it was new, it was organic, it was raw. I didn't do too much preparation for it, and now the effort that goes into every video is a little bit higher now. You know, there's more effort in the writing, there's more effort in the editing, but you know, you you can't just coast off. Try to I I don't think I can just keep recreating the very very first video. People right. get sick of it. You need to evolve and have some substance and people come back to, to see more. How have evolved? Uh, ooh, it's hard to say. Maybe, maybe the editing's better, the lighting's better, the filming's better. Something, everything's like slightly better, hopefully. And, and hopefully I can keep growing like that, find out new ideas. I've been trying new things as well, filming outdoors, you know, filming, right. uh, doing a reaction video with somebody else. That, that, that's coming this weekend. I'm, I'm filming a reaction video with Liz from May May, who I've collaborated with on the fried rice yeah. video. Uh -huh. um, so doing a reaction video with two people, having two cameras instead of one camera. So little things like that, you know, I, I'm interested in the whole filming process too. So uh, I try to, you know, find ways to make my work better. Yeah, I mean, I want to talk about something here. Um, we used to be so ashamed of our accent. At least that's the case for me when I was younger. I'm afraid to speak to my Caucasian cousins because I'm a bit insecure of my accent not sounding white or American enough. But Uncle Roger mm -hmm. has brought this accent to the world stage. How do you feel about that? I think, you know, we all have accents back in Malaysia. And even now, even even though I've lived abroad so long, like you know, you, I I don't sound exactly like a British person or an American person, you know. And and you can, they hear me, they can say, oh, they can tell that there's a bit of Asianness in there. Then you know, you just can't help it, right? So you just have to be unapologetic about it and own it. And sure, sometimes it helps if you if you if you lighten the accent a little bit because it helps people understand you better. And if you can do that, great. You know, in a corporate environment, it's always good to, you know, in a work environment, it's always good to be, you know, comprehensible. But if you can't do it, then it's, it's fine. It's just an accent. People should just get, get over it, you know. 
and uh, people should focus more on, on things you're saying as opposed to how you say it, you know, as opposed to what accent you say it with, I think. That was Nigel Ng. You are listening to Foodie Canteen and we will be right back after a short break. I kid you not, but sometimes it's nice to stay in all day and have my groceries and home essentials sent to my doorstep. I get mine delivered through GrabMart. You can now get up to 30% off on promotional items and an additional 20% off when you use promo code HOTDEALS when ordering from the Klang Valley or HOTDEALS GM when ordering from outside of Klang Valley. Jom, order online with GrabMart. TNCs apply. What we see now is a very successful version of a character, Uncle Roger. And the question is, how do you execute this imagination at its best? Uh, well, I don't know, with a lot of practice, you know, at its best. What is its best? You know, have I, have I hit, have I made a video that's, you know, its best? I, I, I really don't know. It's, it's a tough question. I'll just keep working hard and making videos that I enjoy personally. If because if I enjoy the video, then I can put it out there without any guilt. You know, I'm like I'm, I'll put it out there thinking I enjoyed this. If nobody watches it, yeah, who cares? You know, I enjoy making it. I enjoy the output. I think it looks good. It's funny. Uh, so at its best, I think with a lot of practice, uh, trying to work with other people. Uh, uh, from a YouTube side, keeping keeping yourself current, keeping yourself on with the trends, collabing with other YouTubers. But, you know, for bigger projects, you know, maybe learn how to just keep learning new skills and developing yourself as a, as a, as a creator. I mean, do you set a standard for yourself? Like you said, you don't know what is the best. Is it determined by the audience, the likes, the number of views, or it's like a threshold that you kind of measure yourself against? I think it's a little bit of everything. I think the main, I think that half of it would be like your instinct. Is this good? You know, and I only want to put out things that I think are good, right? And then the other half is, sure, it's everything else. It's like how, how much did the audience, if it's stand-up, then it's how much did the audience laugh, you know? Did they, did they like it? Uh, did they uh, clap for it? Or how did they respond to this routine? For YouTube, sure, they, all the likes, the views, the comments, they all, they all count towards something. But I think the main focus should be on like, how you feel about it. I mean, uh, right now you said you've been 10 years uh, in comedy and stand-up realm and it's been a year now you're making contents on YouTube. What have you learned so far? Is there a lesson that you're like, hit you in the face? Uh, I've been making YouTube videos for maybe two, two years now. Two or three years now. Yeah, two years. Um, lesson, I think just do it, do it the best you can because YouTube, you know, the videos stay online forever and there are certain parts where I feel like, ooh, I could have worked, spent a bit more time on this, you know, little, little, not, not a lot. It happens occasionally, but I feel like every video you put out, like, make it the best video you can make at a time with your skill set. Uh, lessons, I, I don't know. It, it's a really tough, it's a really tough business. I got very lucky, so I wouldn't, I think it would be quite pretentious of me to come say like, oh, do this and you too can, be, you know, get, get a lot of subscribers. Yeah. Uh, so I really don't know. I think you just do, do the best you can. Don't, don't, don't bank on it, you know, try to keep, keep the day job and do, do, it, do it as a hobby and until you realize, oh, I can make a little bit of money from this. Then take that calculated risk and don't, don't just jump all in because, you know, you might, you might get burnt out. You might be frustrated with the lack of progress. Uh, you know, in, 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 
as a as a little frame of reference, I was working on YouTube for a year and a half, and I was still at like what eight thousand subscribers. Right. You know, and then Uncle Roger blew up, brought me to you know this number now, like a, a few million. But you know, I was working for a year and a half, and it was eight thousand subscribers. So it, it's very easy to be disheartened. Um, as an entertainer and comedian, you make people laugh all the time. The question is, are you happy all the time? Nobody's happy all the time. I'm happy most of the time, right? I'm pretty content, and uh, I think things are going okay, and I hope it, it keeps going this way. Uh, but even if they're not, I think you find ways to cope with it. I mean, uh, um, mental yes. health is important, so you know, take take care of yourself and all those cliche sayings. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not happy all the time, but I'm happy most of the time. I think that I think that's 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 pretty good. Don't try to be happy all the time. You come across like a crazy person, you know, just laughing and smiling all the time. No, nobody wants that. So, so just be happy sometimes. That's that's enough. That's enough. Oh, I love that. Just be happy sometimes. I mean, because yeah. social media put, portray as like, oh, we have to be positive all the time and like regardless no, of the circumstances. No. People hate you. I hate those people. You don't. You, you like those people. Nobody likes the positive people. I know. You try to just you know? lie to yourself, like, oh, I just be jolly whenever whatever that happens, and like Malaysia is going through the lockdown of the year again, <laughs> and you're like trying to stay positive, but. Like what you said. Yeah, just no, no. Sometimes. Don't stop following the influencers. There's too many KOLs out there in Malaysia, especially like peddling this like positive nonsense. Like, enough, enough. I know you're trying to be well. They're trying to be positive because they're plugging some sort of like brand of sunglasses or something, you know. And no, <laughs> so it's all fake. It's all fake. So how do you cope with stress? What do you do? Uh, that's what hobbies are for, right? You kind of pick up a hobby. Mine is eating out restaurants. Bars, uh, reading, gym. Gym's not really a hobby, really. It's more something I have to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, stress. Just just find some hobbies. You know, hang out with friends. Chill out. Find some ways you can unwind from the day. You know? Every job will have stress. So I think that's part of being an adult, right? You have to learn how to, how to deal with it and not let it affect you too much. You know, I used to have uh, trouble sleeping sometimes. Every now and then. Not now, not not anymore because now my schedule is quite flexible. If I can't fall asleep, I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'll just do some work and then go back to sleep later. Yeah. But when I was when I had a day job, I think I was very stressed and um, uh, I, I I had trouble sleeping sometimes. But you know, you just have to realize, oh, I'm putting too much on my plate, and do less, do less. You know. Do you have any tips for content creators who are listening in? Continue to create fun and engaging con- contents that have. A longevity, I would say. Ooh, that's that's very tough. I, you know, it depends on the type of content you're making. It depends on you know, uh, what your personality is. I, I don't think I think I don't think uh, being like a full time content creator. I don't think it's for everybody. You know, I have a lot of friends, and I, I've worked a day job before, and the stability in that aspect is quite, is quite nice. You know, the 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 safety net is is quite good. I don't think being a content creator is for everybody. But I, th- I do think everybody can make videos, you know, so I think don't expect too much from it. Just just make it because you like making them and make sure it's fun. You know, once it, stop, once it stops being fun, then I think it's uh, time to reevaluate. Uh, and I, I don't know, it, it really depends what kind of content you want to make. If you're a funny guy, then try to make as vi- every video as funny as possible. If you're tr- like a, I don't know, fashion vlogger, then I don't know. What, what's a good fashion vlog? Oh. Try on a lot of like, you know, Closing or trial on hall. Like hall, yeah. You know, I, that's what they yeah, do. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think it depends. I, I, see what your peers are doing. You know, see what the people in your niche are doing, and then see if if there's anything you can learn from them. 
So what do you usually do when you have a writer's vlog? I mean, every content creators, they have, sometimes they encounter a writer's vlog. What do you do when it comes after you? Uh, well, I always try to have a backlog of ideas. So if I don't have an idea, I just go to the list of like the backlog of ideas and then I just pick one from there. So that, that ensures that I keep having content. But when it comes to writer's block, uh, it's a it's a tough one. I I don't really know. I I just try not to stress about it. I guess I I if I get it, I I realize okay, that's fine. If I don't have any new ideas, it'll come. Let me just relax a bit. Let me continue working on the old ideas. You know that 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 kind of thing. So I I'll say when you have a lot of ideas coming, save them, write them down somewhere. So when writer's block hits you, you have like a list of ideas you can go revisit. So what's next for you for Uncle Roger for Nigel? Uh, Uncle Roger, I'll keep making YouTube videos. That's one. Hopefully, there'll be some bigger projects coming. I'm in talks with some people. Nothing's confirmed yet, so I don't want to reveal anything yet. Uh, hopefully, some bigger projects will, you know, will come. Starring Uncle Roger or starring me, I don't know yet. I'm going back to stand up as well. Uh, starting a tour later this year in the UK, and then uh, it will it will expand out to international countries. So uh, in, in Malaysia, of course, you know, Malaysia, Singapore, everywhere, and then that's. Maybe next year we'll see, depending on the pandemic and everything. Uh, but yeah, maybe maybe a book in the future, and I have a podcast too, so that that's gonna keep going. Uh, so everything really, I try to dabble in everything. Wow, that's so exciting! I mean, that's um, so much more you can do coming ahead of you. And thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story with us. Of course, no worries. This was fun. You have just listened to Foodie Canteen. This episode is brought to you by GrabMark. Special thanks to Nigel for sharing his story. This show is produced by me, your host, Castle Lim, and co-written by Mei Rui Kwa. Foodie Canteen is made possible by the excellent team at Good Foodie Media. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Foodie Canteen for more. And follow us for brand new episodes every Friday. Thanks for listening.